Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Thursday, May 25th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Yields on UK gilts have soared to levels not seen since last year's disastrous mini-budget. Meanwhile, Australia is going after PwC. Plus, we're kicking off a special series on housing. In part one, we look at why there are so few homes on the US market. In our price range, um, it was either just outdated, too much work to be done, or it was just straight up ugly, and I just didn't really want to live in it, you know? I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The UK released a report yesterday on April's inflation data. Overall, prices last month were down from March, but they were still significantly higher than what the Bank of England was expecting. What's more, core inflation actually rose in April. UK bond markets did not like what they saw, and the yield on the two-year gilt skyrocketed. The FT's Mary McDougall says investors are worried that the BOE is going to turn to even tighter monetary policy now. Well, the market's completely reset its expectations for how many rate hikes there are going to be. I mean, people, lots of analysts had thought at the last Bank of England meeting that the Bank of England might have stopped raising rates. But now, swaps markets are are pricing in a terminal rate of 5.3% by the end of the year, and and they're currently at 4.5%. So it's it's a big change. Mary McDougall is the FT's bonds and currencies reporter. The Australian government wants authorities to consider opening a criminal investigation against PwC. Earlier this month, emails came out that show the big four firm leaked confidential government information to clients. Here's the FT's accountancy correspondent, Michael O'Dwyer, who explains how this all unfolded. So this story began to really kick off, I guess, earlier this year when a former PwC tax partner in in Australia was banned from acting as a tax agent in that country for two years. And that was because he had been part of an advisory board to the Australian Treasury Department um, when it was drawing up plans for a crackdown on multinational tax avoidance. What happened next was that this partner, Peter Collins, um, seems to have taken that information, shared it widely within PwC with his colleagues, not just in Australia, but in various countries around the world, including the US and the UK. And they've used that information to basically drum up business for the firm, selling advice to companies as to how they should react to these changes in Australia's tax code. So essentially, it was a breach of confidentiality obligations that were owed to to the Australian government. The reaction has been rough, and there is a lot at stake for PwC. Within Australia, there has been a huge furore after this news broke. Quite quickly after the emails published and released publicly in Australia, its CEO in that country had to step down uh, from his leadership position and he has now left the firm. The firm locally has set up an external review and the international bosses of PwC are also extremely worried. They've sent in some of their most senior, senior executives to try and get on top of the problem, to minimize it and to stop a global contagion because the big risk for them is that their global brand gets tarnished. They spent a huge amount of money and a huge amount of time um, in the last couple of years building their entire global brand around this idea of 
building trust with stakeholders, with companies, with wider communities. This type of a scandal massively undermines and goes against those values that they're publicly professing. And so it's that danger that they are trying to minimize. Michael O'Dwyer is the FT's accountancy correspondent. It's hard to buy a house right now. Like, really hard. U.S. home prices rose 40% during the pandemic. Mortgage rates haven't been this high in 15 years. But intense bidding wars are still a regular occurrence. This is a problem for a couple of reasons, but the big one is owning a house is a crucial way to build wealth. And it's becoming more and more out of reach for a lot of people. Over the next four weeks, we're doing a special series on the U.S. and U.K. housing markets. We'll look at how they got so out of whack and what might work to bring back some balance. For part one, FT News Briefing producer Sonia Hudson traveled to Asheville in the U.S. state of North Carolina. This growing city exemplifies a lot of what's going on in the broader market. She joins me now. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Mark. So tell me a little bit about Asheville and why you went there for this story. Yeah, so Asheville is a small city in the mountains in North Carolina. There's just under 100,000 people that live there. It is absolutely gorgeous. You know, it's great for hiking, mountain biking, camping. And in fact, it has such a nice standard of living that lots of people have been moving there, especially during the pandemic. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. A lot of people were working from home during the pandemic. They want their life to be better. Yeah, you know, lots of people around the country made lifestyle changes during that time. So... I met up with a young couple in Asheville. They're locals. They grew up in the area. Their names are Caitlin and Drew Friedman, who spent nearly a year looking for their starter home. A year? Nearly a year? That's insane. Yeah, it was quite a journey for them. Uh, And so I wanted to know a little bit more about what that process was like for them. Removing the heaviest couch of them all. <laughs> it's a heavy one. There's just a lot of metal. It's move-in day on Newberry Drive. Drew and Caitlin Friedman are unloading their red pickup truck in the driveway of their new home. If you look down the street, you can see a piece of the Appalachian Mountains. Gorgeous rolling hills blanketed in bright green trees. It feels like quintessential spring like new beginnings. It feels really good. Um, We've been basically sitting on the floor the past few days, so it feels very surreal, actually, now that our living room is set up in our living room. (laughs) Caitlin and Drew spent nine months getting to this point where they could relax on their couch in their home. They started looking for a place last summer, but there wasn't much on the market. The couple only found about eight to 10 houses that they liked and that were in their budget of under $400,000. I personally wasn't finding a lot of options in our price range. Like we could go, you know, 50 to $100,000 over our price range and I was finding all sorts of great things. Um, But in our price range, um, it was either just outdated, too much work to be done, or it was just straight up ugly. And I just didn't really want to live in it, you know? It's discouraging. You know, I'm one of those people, I want what I want. So anytime I don't get what I want, I kind of just say, well, you know, whatever then, you know, we'll just, you know, live in an apartment forever (laughs) kind of thing. Their real estate agent knew they were going to have a tough time. 
Nick Iannucci, who also happens to be Caitlin's brother-in-law, says that at the beginning, he deliberately showed them a bunch of houses he didn't think would work. But I wanted them to look. I wanted them to see. I also wanted them to see how fast they would go off the market. To figure out why there are so few houses on the market, I talked to Nick's boss, Neil Hanks. He's been doing real estate in this market for more than three decades. For probably over 15 years now, we've had a shortage of new homes being built. And, um, and so that's a big deficit to try to make up. If you look at a chart of new single-family homes being built nationally, it pretty much falls off a cliff right before the 2008 housing crisis and recession. Home prices cratered, and the cost of materials and labor went up. So building a new house wasn't as lucrative as it was before, which is one reason why there are so few homes for sale right now. And the second challenge that, that we're facing right now is, is what we call in the industry is uh, interest rate lock. And so if you're thinking about uh, making a move and you're in a home with an interest rate under four and you realize that your replacement property, if you're going to mortgage that property, is going to have an interest rate over six, gives some folks cause for pause or may delay a move that they were uh, anticipating making just to see if rates will moderate. So people are holding on to their homes, and buyers are fighting over the few homes that are available. Which brings us back to Drew and Caitlin. We had a split-level house um, that we were totally going to do, and that was on the market in a day and gone. Um, there was We were waiting behind cars that were viewing that house, and then there was cars waiting behind us on for their appointments all on the same day. I mean, it was went so fast. Asheville is also a really tight market because, as Neil doesn't need to remind me, it is such a great place to live. And people have moved here for those reasons. Uh, but the pandemic really accelerated that trend. And, uh, you know, people are moving here at much earlier ages than what we have seen in the past uh, when we were known a little bit as a retirement community. So all in all, it was just a really discouraging process for Caitlin and Drew until they finally found this house on Newbury Drive in their price range. I told Drew that this was the first house that I walked into that I could actually see our future in. When they toured the house, it had only been on the market for a day. They had two hours to submit an offer before the deadline. Drew says he really wanted to get the offer right. You know, I'm in my head going, okay, so someone else is going to offer them 5000 over. Okay, so let's do 10 And then I said, well, someone's going to do 10 And then I was like, let's do 11 And I said, no, someone's going to think 10 to 11 And then I said, eleven <laughs> five. I said, that's the number. That is the number. Um, and that's what we did. And we got it. So Caitlin and Drew finally got what they wanted. But a lack of inventory means other buyers might still have to wait a long time to find a home. And when they do, they've got to be ready to pull the trigger and write a check immediately. As Caitlin put it, It took a long time for it to happen suddenly. For the FT News Briefing, I'm Sonia Hudson. Next week, in part two of our series, we go to the UK to hear from a pair of unlikely roommates and take a deeper look at something called home sharing.
You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation... Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.